This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. When sports and business collide, we get Wembayama. Yeah, Wemby. Louis Vuitton is beefing up their ranks as brand ambassadors with another rising athlete, French basketball player Victor Wembayama, the number one overall pick in the 23 draft. The player, popularly known as Wemby, has set a series of records in his first season with the Spurs, making him a favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Striving for excellence and with a perpetual owning of craft, Victor joins Louis Vuitton on a journey of shared values. How about that? And aligned ambitions. Like Louis Vuitton himself, the young athlete has blazed the trail, excelling in a career that is only just the beginning. So there you go. So my man is now a Louis Vuitton ambassador. By the way, the brand also has Lionel Messi. Okay. Uh, Tennis players, Carlos Alcaraz, Naomi Osaka. Um, let me see any other Cristiano Ronaldo. So some names that is your KSDT CPA sports business report. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. Let's start it off. Our number two. And we start with the great Matt Verderam, ready to rock and roll, go around the NFL. Did you, uh, did you sleep with the Lombardi Trophy last night, or what? <laughs> no, no, I slept next to my, I slept next to my wife, who is, uh, who is recovering from COVID. I mean, she's fine, but she, she can't taste anything, which, oh, God. that's bad. Which has been, like, so I don't understand. So I've had COVID. I um. I had it two years ago, and it was one of those deals where everybody gets it differently. And I had it where I just, I, I basically was draining from the sinuses like a, like a mess for about three days. That was what happened to me, and I was really tired. So my wife now has had it two times, and both times she's lost taste. But the first time she lost taste for like an hour, and then and she was fine. Now she's lost taste for like three or four days. It's starting to come back. I said to her, the other day I came downstairs. And I don't know if you actually, yeah, you do have them before. I saw it when I was in Pensacola. Those crumble cookies, you ever see those? Like those yeah. big, yeah, okay, they're great, right? We get them every week, which we shouldn't, but we do. So I come downstairs and she's sitting there eating one of these crumble cookies. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean? What are you doing? I'm like, you can't taste. You're like, you're eating like a 700 calorie cookie, you can't even taste it. This should be the time and not, I mean, listen, she, she, God bless her. She's in much better shape than I'll ever be in, but I'm like, you're, this should be the time. Like you should be eating like broccoli. Like you're always talking about losing like that extra, that pound that you have. Like why? Kale, Kale, bro. That's what she should be. You can't taste anything. This should be the time. Like eat all the, eat all the crap that you don't want to eat. 
that she's sitting there eating this chocolate frosted cookie. I'm like, can you even taste it? No. I'm like, the, what? Like, I, another time as a man, I'll never understand the woman sitting there eating a cookie. She can't taste. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Well, uh, Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction couldn't taste for over a year. I don't know. I I, I don't know if he got his taste buds back. I ha- I knew cookie. somebody who had like it was like three, it wasn't a year, but it was a while. It was like three or four months. Dave Navarro from from um what's it called um Jane's, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. He had it. He I don't even know if it came back yet actually, but it was like over a year the guy was suffering from it. It's a, dude. It's DNA. It's just. We have no idea how it affects one person or another. And that was just the crazy one person. It could be a cold and the other person could freaking die, dude. It's just, it's insanity that, that stuff. But anyway, um, well, at least they charge uh, two of the idiots so far from the uh, parade. And apparently it wasn't, it doesn't look like it was a mass shooting. It was just a, a massive stupidity that led to the tragedy. I mean, uh, yeah, amazing. I I don't know how to word this. I mean, amazingly, one person was uh, it was I don't it was it's obviously tragic. Anybody lost their lives, and and, and of course, uh, you know, I I guess I guess the way to put it is incredibly not more people uh, were killed. Right. I, I mean, that that would be that's what I'm trying to drive at here. I mean, it's um, you know, twenty some odd people get shot. Like usually the fatality rate with with that kind of a weapon, you're talking about a lot higher than one person passing away. Still t- incredibly tragic. And, and both of those people, as far as I'm concerned, can get the chair uh, if, if they're found yeah, guilty of it. Me uh, too. Got but, no problem with that. You know, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I you know, it was it was good to see the support um uh, for everybody. Uh, you know, the, the Mahomes just went down to the children's hospital. Taylor Swift, listen. I, and, and the one thing I, I, I can't stand is when people like of means donate and then other people are like, well, you know, they have the money. Hey, look, she didn't have to donate anything. She doesn't have to give a penny, bro. Right. Damn $2,000. Kelsey matched it. Like, that was uh, good to see. And then, of course, just a lot of just everyday people donating and, and whatnot to help the cause. So that's heartwarming. Uh, I would like to see the Chiefs next season do something for these victims whether it is providing them with season tickets whether it is a moment uh before the first game whatever it may be uh god knows the chiefs in the nfl have the means uh, i'd like to see them roll out the red carpet for all these people the surviving uh victims and uh, for the family of the, the woman who was lost yeah yeah um on the uh, football side I guess the hot button subject is Chris Jones yep. uh, for Kansas City. And some people are talking about uh, Mike um, Evans from uh, Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. I I saw him drop a lot of passes this year for Tampa Bay. And he's up there in years already. I know he's been one monster player and he's a Hall of Fame caliber type player and all that. I don't know if if – if I'm Kansas City, maybe I'm thinking somebody slightly younger um, than Mike Evans. Uh, and he's also had some injuries the last couple of years, too. I, I I don't know if I would agree with that move, to be quite honest. And I know Mike, it sounds crazy. I'd be shocked if they signed Mike Evans. I, I, I think that is more of like a media, like, hey, you know who'd be a great fit there, I, rather than like that's actually going to happen type of thing. I, 
they don't sign guys over 30. They, they traded Tyreek Hill because they didn't want to pay him into his 30s. Okay. And Tyreek Hill is a better player than Mike Evans. I, I would be, I'd be floored. I'd and be here, floored. Can I add one more caveat why it doesn't make yeah. sense to me also? Okay. So you want to bring back Jones or not? You want to bring back some other guys? Isn't it, isn't it Jarius also? Yeah, uh, Jarius Right, he's like an, an, a super important piece. Um, so now you're going to go out in veteran free agency and spend money? No, yeah. if Kansas City, you draft. Yeah, that no, way no. you don't pay for the damn receiver, and no. you go get a guy in your first or second rounds. There's a lot of receivers. Just make sure you hit on them, and right. if you hit on them along with with Rice, along with Kelsey, dude, you'll be fine, bro. You'll be fine. In fact, uh, the uh, the Green Bay kid. Started showing up at the end, so maybe he can become your three or four next year. What the but, hell? To me, money-wise, it makes sense for the Chiefs to draft a receiver. Not yeah. go so, look, the Chiefs offseason, I would, well, I would theoretically bet a lot of money on the idea that they're going to cut MVS and save $12 million bucks. Okay. And they are going to restructure some of Mahomes' money. Now, I don't know if they'll do the whole thing. If they do the whole thing, they save about $35 million this year. So they've already got space. They're at about 15 to 17 projected. If they cut MVS, it's, it's now almost 30. Um, my strong inclination is they are going to do what they need to do to keep at least one of Snead and Jones. I think Jones – is the priority at the moment. He's going to be more expensive than, because he's he's at this point in the conversation for being the most expensive player in NFL history on the defensive side of the football. Um, I don't think they're going to tag him. Tagging him would be $32 million. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, I think Sneed is very much in the conversation for being tagged because exactly. he's $18 million, and I can see the Chiefs just being like, you know what's worth it to us? $18 million to tag you and then sign you at a later date. And like, later date, exactly. And you can rework that deal and lower that number down. Exactly. And, I that's think it. and by the way, the trick is, as this as the offseason wears on and you've got the tag, the money dries up, and then yeah. you got to sit there and negotiate. Yeah, we need to negotiate. We need to negotiate a long-term deal because yeah. we're if not, we're what are we going to do? Sign a one-year deal and put your knee at risk? No, right. we're not. And so, and, and and I think, look, I think it's more likely they sign both those guys and neither. I think it's probably, though, the most likely that they sign one of them long term. My guess is that that would be Jones. I mean, Jones. Now, listen, he was he was fueled by an ungodly amount of alcohol in the moment, but at the parade was yelling, "I'm coming back! I'm coming back! I want to be here for three more years." All the rest. Of it. So, look, I think I think at some point here, I think they will figure this out. Uh, they they tried all summer long, and he he as we talked about all summer long, had a holdout that did not exactly play into his favor. Um, I I think they will sign him at some point. I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's guaranteed. Uh, but I think they they will do everything they can to sign him. But I I think one of he and Snead will come back. I think there's a I think though it's much more likely that the two of them come back and they don't go make a big splash at receiver then they let one of those guys walk so they could go out and sign, you know, Hollywood Brown. That's just not who they are. I don't think they're going to do that. Like, I think they're much more likely to keep this defense together as much as possible. And then in the draft, go go take a guy at 32. Go take a guy in the second round, um, you know, or go and go or in free agency, add a guy like Tyler Boyd. 
who's not going to break the bank. Like somebody like that. I just don't see I, – I know everybody thinks they're going to go out and sign T. Higgins. They're not signing T. Higgins. Oh, that's a lot of money, bro. No. They're not doing that. They're not going to do that. No, that doesn't – no, no. But the Tyler Boyd one is a really good – That's, that's like really the typical – like they would do like 2-20. and 20 And, hey, he's going to give you 800 yards. And it's just what they did with Juju. One year, eight million bucks, and like he'll come in and he'll stabilize. He's a better receiver. He's a better receiver than everybody you have right now, except for Rice and I agree. Kelsey. I agree. Which is why I and they'll they'll just they'll look at him and go, he'll get them ten yards of reception and he'll have eighty receptions. And they'll Blame just balls, bro. Please. That's it. That's how no. they'll. So I would look for something like that. They're not going to go out and sign a huge name or receiver. I'd be shocked. No, no, no. Higgins is going to get number one money, bro. Number oh, one. He's going to get a year if he hits free agency. Yeah. Yes. If he hits. Now, Cincinnati may do the bullshit tag stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, but, but he's going to have to stick to his guns. He's going to have to because, you know, cheap-ass Mike Brown is going to try to, you know, corner him and and uh you, if you're t higgins unfortunately you may have to run the risk of playing a, a season on the tag i wonder if t higgins if they tag him which i think they will tag him if they tag him i wonder if t higgins will just say look i'm not playing for you trade me you know yeah. and by the way if there, if t higgins does hit the market the team that makes the most sense to me in flashing lights is tennessee he is from tennessee he went to school at clemson and his right. offensive coordinator is now the head coach there. And they have the second most cap space in the NFL and have no long-term plan at receiver. Like, if no, there's – The draft pick screwed up. Um, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Trillon, well, that's Trillon Burks, who, who really right. hasn't come to – Like, if there's ever a team that'll just be like, yeah, that guy, like, Higgins to me in Tennessee seemed like a match made in heaven. But I, I – the only thing that would concern me with Higgins, he's always been the number two receiver, and he's got Joe Burrow. And, like, what happens when you're the number one receiver and you're Will Levis? Then what happens? Yeah. That, that always concerns me when guys go from a situation like that to a situation and go, yeah, it's not quite the same thing this time around. I know, but he looks like the real deal. I love the guy. I love you know, the guy. I just worry about. You're saying right now, okay, you might be a little young, but but it happened when you were young. Peerless Price. Yeah. Peerless was playing great in Buffalo, had the quarterback, was playing opposite of Eric the Beast Molds yeah. and putting up great numbers. And then Atlanta went and gave him a contract to make him their number one. And you found out soon enough that Peerless Price, by the way, former Tennessee receiver also, yeah. Yeah. Um, was not the was not really worthy of a number one. He was a guy that should be always a number two or number three. And that kind of got exposed. And by the way, that kind of that kind of uh, sped up his exit from the league. Yeah, I, uh, unfortunately, it, because of that. Guys, you know I mean? So, but I, I, I don't see T. Higgins like Peerless Price. I don't. I, listen, I think he'll be fine, but it, it would be a question that would be in my mind. I, there are some guys listen that were number twos. Yeah. That, that like Reggie Wayne was a number two early in his career. Obviously, he worked he, just fine. He was okay. Tory Holt was a number two coming in. He was just fine. I mean it. There are plenty of examples of that, but there's also there have been guys, fearless prices of the world, who it's yeah. like, yeah, hey, he's great, and then it's like he's a number one. And you're like, oh, he's really a number two. I I don't think that's the case with Higgins. I agree with you, but it would be something that would give me a little bit of pause.
yeah, no, I, I I get it, I get it, and and I have the you know the, I pulled out the experience from that one with uh, with Price, so I I've seen it happen before. Uh, I just don't think in this case. Oh, by the way, Mike Wallace. Miami oh, Mike, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Mike Wallace. Yes, absolutely. Another one that you know the speed and all that, and then you know we had an idiot GM that thought that he was a number one and. And the rest is history. So it is it is possible for for stuff like that to happen. I just think that T Higgins is, as uh, as the kids say, he's the shit. Uh, that's kind of the way I look at him. You know, overall. Um, what do you what do you what do you think of the after everything is said and done, the three peat thing for your team? Is that going to be the ultimate motivator for everybody to come back and get this thing done? I think that it will be a motivator for guys like Chris Jones. Chris Jones has already gotten paid a fortune. Um, Not that you don't want another fortune, but he's already gotten paid. I think it matters to him. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It matters to him, I believe, to be on a, a team that can say that. A guy like Legarius Sneed has never gotten paid. He's on a, he's a fourth round pick on a rookie deal. I think it matters less to him. Like I think he wants his money, and he should. And I don't blame him. And I would too. Um, I do think that it's an interesting carrot to dangle out there for guys like Drew Tranquil, who you know, or Willie Gay, who are free agents who aren't going to get nearly as much money, and maybe it's close, and you come back to try to win another title. The one thing I am interested in, even though technically those guys wouldn't be three-peating, the guys who are out there who are – like the guys who get cut, the cap casualties, the veteran guys, the older players, like how much does it just take come on along for the ride? As far as guys on the team, I think it obviously means the most to guys like Mahomes and Andy Reid because those are the positions that are judged by this stuff, right? I mean – I said Jones thing it matters Kelsey because Kelsey at this point is such a, a star in, in his own right. But like, I think it's going to really motivate Mahomes, which in turn is going to put a burr under everybody else's ass because Mahomes is going to be a burr under everybody else's ass. Like that, that's going to be a thing, right? It's going to be they're going to have some guys who by nature are just a little complacent. You know, I mean, th- think about this: they have a draft class right now that. Last year started like eight different guys on the team, six of them on defense. They've done nothing but win a Super Bowl. Like they don't know anything. They've shown up and they've won two Super Bowls. I think human nature is a little bit of like, hey, man, we're just going to roll out the balls and we're going to win again. The funny thing about this last year, though, is it was so hard for them. Like I wonder if that almost benefits them next year, that it's like, hey, it's not just a roll out the balls and win thing. They didn't go 15-2. and They didn't go 14 and three and just destroy teams. Like they really had to earn it. I think that Mahomes will be incredibly motivated, which is why I think the team itself will be as well. But it's going to be interesting. I think it helps to bring back Jones. I don't know that it matters for a guy like Snead, though. All right. Uh, another thing I got to ask you where does Justin Fields land? Who trades for him? Because there are a bunch of teams out there that still need a quarterback. You figure they're going to take Caleb Williams, number one, right? So if you're going to take Caleb Williams, you're going to need to move Justin Fields before. What's the team that ends up with him? I think there's a handful of teams that make a lot of sense. I mean, to me, Atlanta makes a lot of sense. Um, Pittsburgh makes all the sense in the world to me. 
I mean, if you're the Steelers, let's call it what it is here. Kenny Pickett can't play. Period. End of story. Like, let, let's just stop the charade that it's going to be him and Mason Rudolph in camp. I mean, if it is, you might as well shut down the season. It's over. Okay. The Raiders are interesting. They need a quarterback. Denver's interesting. Denver needs a quarterback. And Denver has no money. So Denver, like, really needs a quarterback. The problem with Denver is you give, you've given away a million picks the last handful of years. Are right? you going to give away more picks? And, and Sean Payton, is Sean Payton enamored with Justin Fields? I don't know. I mean, he loves Taysom Hill, but and, and Taysom Hill is this, this running, athletic type of guy, and Fields is a is a much better quarterback. But like, I I don't know. You know, he also had Drew Brees, and Drew Brees was a statue. So I, I it'll be interesting to see what Sean Payton thinks of Justin Fields. I I think the team that makes the most sense on paper is Pittsburgh. I, the Steelers, to me, you've got to have a guy. You got. I, I'm sorry, you cannot go into next season. And sell this idea that those guys are the answer. And I don't think if you're the Steelers, you're getting anybody in the first round we're talking about. You're drafting too far back. Right. So if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm trading a second for Justin Fields. If it doesn't work out, so what? It's a second-round pick. You're not giving up three firsts. No. I mean, teams have rebounded from far worse. The Niners drafted Trey Lance, and they were in the Super Bowl this year. Like, if I'm Pittsburgh, that's the route I'm going. Now, will they do it? Who knows? But I think there's going to be a robust market out there for Fields. I think he brings back a day two pick, maybe even a secondary pick as well. I um, I, I love his toughness. Yeah, I, I think he's I worth uh, I think this kid's a fighter. I I would easily give up a second round pick for Justin Fields and take a chance in a in a league that is so hard to find a decent quarterback, dude. If you have no quarterback, I don't know how you don't make a move for Justin Fields. If you're only what? giving a second rounder and you're inheriting his contract too, by the way, you're not, you don't really have to give him a big contract no. or anything in the no. process. So you really, there's a lot of positives to it. If it works out, you're a genius. If it doesn't dude, you gave up a second round pick. It's not the end of the world. That's it. It's a really good gamble for any of those teams that you talked about. Yes. I, I think if you're any of those teams, it's worth the shot because to me, if you're going to get it, if you're going to get a veteran quarterback, like what are the other options here? Okay, now Cousins and Mayfield. Okay, but I, it's my opinion. I think both those guys are going back to where they are. Well, Mayfield, I, Mayfield's not going. They're not going to let him go in Tampa, dude. Come and, on. And, and if you're if you're the Vikings, like you're pretty good. Like you're in the NFC. Like you're you're a team that could be in the divisional round of the playoffs. Maybe even get the NFC title game if you're lucky. But you, do you want Justin Jefferson? You better get him a quarterback. Wait, I mean, you're gonna right. You're gonna let that guy walk out the door. Like to me, come on. And and cousins and O'Connell, they get along. Well. I just think he'll go back there. So if it's not those two guys, you're talking about what now? Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, like. And by the way, I think Tannehill, well, like, but, yeah. but Tannenbaum has Russell Wilson backing up Aaron Rodgers in New York. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, I I will I will say that's not gonna happen. Um, I also would say that there might be a there might be a, uh, a fucking suggestion I have ever heard in my life, dude. I, there, there might I, also I, be that stays on television to be quite honest. There, there might be a mutiny in that locker room by the second day of the season, having to deal with both guys. Um, I I can't. Even, I mean, you have one guy doing high knees down the plane, and the other guy trying to tell you that if you, you know if you, you take hydroxychloroquine at, at uh, bulk rate, it, things are good. 
I look, I, 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 I is going to be locked in the bathroom in a dark bathroom in the air, <laughs> the airplane while Wilson is up, running up and down this, the, the audience. That's what it is. One quarterback in a dark room and the other one just running up and down. The Robert Sala would be like, you know how like in the beginning of a presidency, they take a photograph and then they take one at the end and, and the guy's aged like 57 years. Robert Sala would be that man over a four month period. Like, I can't – Robert Sala would have, like, a gray beard and a cane by the end of it. I mean, it would just be I, – I can't even imagine. But, look, I, Tannehill, the one thing that is interesting with him is, of course, he's played in Tennessee for years, and Arthur Smith was uh, there as his OC, and now he's the OC in Pittsburgh. Right. So do, do, do those dots connect? Does Pittsburgh just go, all right, we'll take Tannehill? I'd, I'd rather have Fields, but uh, for a lot less money and a lot more upside, but you know how the NFL works. So – uh, we'll see, but I'm not over the moon about bringing in Russell Wilson. Tana. By the way, Russell Wilson, quick thing. I could see him being with the Raiders. He wanted to, the Raiders were one of those teams that he was interested in when he was leaving Seattle. And, um, the Raiders are the Raiders and I can see the Raiders just being like, sure. What the hell? No, no, but that's not a bad suggestion. You're and that's not even a joke on your part. I think that no, that's a stop gap type yeah. of thing for them while they search for their young guy, a bridge guy for a year or two, dude, Russell didn't play bad last year. No, he was he was pretty average, which was a you know a market improvement from where he was a year ago. I mean, he didn't play bad. He played better than some co- other quarterbacks in the league. So it wasn't no. like he was terrible, dude. He's serviceable for you. And right now, if you're the Raiders, you need something serviceable to get get you by while you you know draft uh, the future, hopefully at one point or another. No, I, I agree with that. I agree, and I think it's interesting. We'll see. You know, I mean, if you're if you're the Raiders and you have Russell Wilson, I mean, you're not winning a Super Bowl, but you're competitive. You're at least like a you know a team that you look at and go, okay, like they're they're respectable. Um, you know, and if you're Devontae Adams, you're like thank God, right? It's better than Jimmy G, and it's better than Aiden O'Connell, and you know, the question with those two teams that's really interesting is so the Raiders draft 13th, the Broncos draft 12th. They're not getting those top three guys. What about a JJ McCarthy? What about a Bo Nix? What about a Michael Penix Jr.? Like, right. are, are they going to are, are they going to pull the trigger and take one of those guys, or do they look at those guys and go, "Yeah, it's nice. Like, I don't want a guy who's 24 and in the case of Penix injury prone, or in the case of Nix, like, was terrible at Auburn, terrible in a pro style system with yeah, Oregon." By the way, you mentioned that the Raiders also for Justin Fields is not a bad move. No, not a bad, not at all, not at all. I, I think. Fields to me is like if you don't love one of these rookie quarterbacks, just go trade a second round pick for him. Amen. Like, what? Amen. People treat draft picks like, and I, and that, first rounders are one thing, but like picks out it. People treat them like, oh my god, you gave up a fourth round pick. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Like nine times out of ten, that fourth round pick is going to be either a guy or somebody you cut in a year. Like. Yeah, I, it's okay. It's all right. Take, you know, like I like the charges. The charges are probably going to have a, a, a couple trades here in the works because they got to get into the cap and anything else. Khalil Mack had 17 sacks last year. Would I trade a fourth round pick for a year of Khalil Mack? Yeah, I would. If I'm a contending team, damn right I would. If I could afford to do it, like, who cares? You're giving a mid round pick? Yeah, I would do it absolutely. Yep. All right. Good stuff there. Um, 
Oh, shit. What was it? Oh, yeah. What are you uh, working on on Sports Illustrated? So if people can check you out, my friend. A lot of off-season stuff, man. Just, you know, kind of rolling through a, a lot of AFC stuff as I'm sitting here. Best fits, one move a team should make, all those all those kind of staples. Next week, I'm in Indy, so I'll be in Indianapolis. I'm sure people here don't want it, but I, I'm, I'm in the magazine, the uh, the SI Presents, uh, with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. And the article that I wrote was the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Uh, I know, I know. I'm sure a lot of Miami fans aren't like, "Yes, I can't wait to read about that game." But uh, I did, I did pen the article. So yeah, uh, but next week's gonna be all combine coverage every day, article a day coming out of what I've seen, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, uh, and I'll be writing that from St. Elmo's as I'm drowning myself in a, a shrimp cocktail. So, um, yeah, that's where I'll be. Beautiful thing. There you go. And follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Matt, as always, you're awesome, baby. We'll catch up next week, my friend. Thank you. Thanks. You got it. The great Matt Verderam. Did you see this uh, come across the wire now with Safed Dean, Sean? Some personal news. I'm taking on a new role as Lionel Messi reporter with USA Today. I'm excited to share unique stories on one of the world's most famous athletes, in the twilight of his career with Inter Miami. And then he's got his latest article. No Dolphins anymore for Safed Dean. He is all messy all the time now. Wow. That's all. Like you go to his byline on, on Twitter, right? He, he already changed it. Sports writer covering Lionel Messi's inter-Miami inter run for USA Today and USA Today Sports. That's it. UF grad based in Miami. I have no idea what a Safed is either. <laughs> so no more Dolphins for Safed Dean. It's all messy all the time now for him. It shows you the power of that dude, bro. It is crazy. And uh, what was uh, what was it the other day that I saw somebody? It was like a was it an autograph or something? Not the one in the car, but it was something else. And he got caught in public or something. And then he, you know, took some pictures with somebody or whatever. And I will say this for a super superstar, because he's just beyond a superstar. Like LeBron's a superstar. This guy is a mega star. You know what I'm saying? This guy's at a this guy's at a level that very few people get to in the world. And he handles fame with average with the average folk beautifully, bro. Beautifully, I will say that. Does a great job with it, man. Anyway, uh, what else do we have on the chat board? Uh, let's see. There's uh, nothing going on. Yes, that's right. Uh, do you think Jasmine will surpass its all-time high of $4.29 during this bull market? I don't think so, FinTech Fuse. I hope so because that will retire my ass. If it goes to $4.29... I have enough that I will retire. I'll still do the show, you know, but I will retire. Like, I'll do the show with, like, zero pressure, with, like, no pressure. So I hope so, but I don't think so. 
maybe let's see if it could get to 50 cents or a dollar. That's uh, that's the part I don't know. This is we are in unknown territory right now where Jasmine can go. Uh, I buy a seed for five and about 150 on soil nutrients and water and end up with 3K. There you go. There you go. I know what he's doing. Remember, it's not profits or losses until you sell. A wise man with a jasmine hat once told me this. That's right. I'm excited for Inter-Miami's opening, but I'm more excited for the CONCACAF Champions Cup. It's going to get juicy. I know. I hope they win it. Jonathan Cagle is in. Mr. Spock is in. Costa says, I'm, I'm behind the live show. I'm not saying talk only sports. Sometimes folks have agendas. Dude, do you know me? Do you know anything about me for 30 years? There's no fucking agenda. I don't follow agendas. That's my problem, dude. That's the problem. That's why I don't fit in the corporate world, because they want me to follow their agendas. You don't really know me, man. <laughs> I am my own man. I have always been my own man, no matter where I worked, no matter who I worked with, no matter who I worked for. I've always been my own man. If that's something that if there's one thing you can, you, man, you can like me, you can hate me, whatever. But if there's one thing that you can never question with me is I say what's on my mind and I stand up for what I want and what I believe in. I don't follow anybody's agendas at all. None. So that's, you don't really know me, dude. You don't really know me. I mean, ask Sean. He, he knows me better than most. Yeah, I don't, I don't do any of this shit with an agenda. I don't talk about a crypto because they're paying me. I don't do any of that shit. I don't, I don't have a sponsor on this. Uh, uh, I don't have one sponsor with me that I don't believe in, that I don't use. That's also something very notorious with me. If I represent a product, it's because I freaking use it. And I used it to believe in it. And then I'm telling you, hey, go ahead, try it now. That's who I've been from day one, dude. So you you obviously are new to this channel and new to following our show because you have not been following me for years because nobody would ever question that with me. Andrew says, just read an article from CBS Sports that Teron Armstead is returning for the 24th season at the Dolphins front office might want to rework his contract. Who said that? Who said that? Who reported that? Andrew. Send me that article. Tell me the name. Look for it on CBS. I'd like to see who's reporting. Frankie says, Big O, just catching up. I told you Kamal Miller was not that great. You did, by the way. I remember that, Frankie. Alex said it was clearly he got beat and failed to recover. Neville, let's see how he does in Portland. I'm still concerned about this team defensively. She made me feel better about it. She knows more than I do. Uh, but maybe I'm a little bit more overcritical of the preseason. No, I don't care about the preseason. Hopefully I'm overthinking it. Today's a good start to see how this defense does. Yeah. Safa saw the light. 
you know, Safa's got a job and they told him, we need you to do this. Okay, I'll do it. He doesn't have a say in it. Pat in Asheville, does Safid speak Spanish? No, he doesn't. And, and Messi doesn't speak either, so it doesn't matter. You're reporting on a guy that never talks. The guy talks like twice a year, and yeah, let's give us plenty of insight on Messi. Well, he doesn't give you any insight. Anyway, uh, Luis Benito. Yes, sir. Cody Benjamin from CBSSports.com is the one that pinned the article. He pinned the article? He wrote it? Yep. Who's Cody Benjamin? I don't know. Let's it see. It says this is the... Dolphins Pro Bowl left tackle Teron Armstead set to return in 2024 despite hints of retirement per report. Cody, what is it? Cody Benjamin, Benjamin is the one that wrote this one, yep. It's on CBS.com, CBS NFL part. Uh, let's see. Cody Benjamin. I have no idea who this guy is. Hmm. Don't know him. I mean, I can tell you Teron Armstead is not going to retire. There's no way he's leaving all that money on the table. That, yeah. Now, restructuring that deal... That's interesting because I don't believe they'll do that either. You know what I mean? Because if he's thinking about retirement, why would you then restructure a deal of somebody that's about to retire? And then that's going to create cap hell for you down the line. If he think he's thinking of retiring, you don't extend it. You don't, you don't guarantee any money. Plus, you don't need his money. If you're doing all the other things I, I think they're going to do, which is obviously Wilkins not coming back, rework the, the give two of the new deal, you're going to let go of, of Jerome Baker, you're going to let go of X in June, you're going to, you know, there's a, a lot of things you can do to free up money. So I don't agree with that one. Okay. A.O. Yes. Just kind of going off what you were saying, I guess what he uh, he said um, he signed a $75 million, five-year $75 million deal prior to the 2022 season. He remains under contract through 2026, owed more than $20 million in 2024 per over the cap. Uh, and then it said Armstead's entire $13.25 million base salary for 2024 will be fully guaranteed on March 16th. Right. The Herald, which is three days after the official start. Of the league year, it's possible, even if he returns as expected, the Dolphins could renegotiate his contract. Oh, it's so he's just—he's not saying it will. It's just possible. Okay. Yeah, I, I think what he's doing is like he's just going through the thing, saying, "Okay, here's where the Dolphins might be able to push yeah. some money back." I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not really exactly what you're saying. Uh, that Cody Benjamin just uh, that it, he that it's going to happen. It's not really a report. It's kind of uh, a, a typical off-season bullshit playing both sides. Yeah, and looking at the rest of his articles, he kind of does that with uh, the Justin Field trade opportunities and some other things. He kind of that's kind of they're filling space. 
Yeah, they're filling space. That's all it is. I mean, the guy I saw it there, he has like 2,000, 3,000 followers. Um, the, the, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I've never heard of the guy in my freaking life. Uh, late in, but I made it. Morning. Morning, Lisa. Messi is just a good role model for the kids. Handles everything first class other than uh, talking to Miami media. Yeah, no. He, well, he doesn't talk to media, period. It's just something that he used to do, and then now it continues here where this is not normal here. Here, stars talk, you know? Um, Luis Benito, that is why I respect you more than the rest. Thank you, sir. That's very nice of you. Alexis says, damn, you have an agenda? LOL. Jay Gelfin says, on the air and off, the big O is real. And Jay knows me personally. So that's why. Yeah. The people I get to know me personally are, it's like, Oh, dude, you're the same person. Yeah, exactly. I am. I'm not. I'm not trying to play some role here. You know, I'm not trying to. I don't have a shtick that I do all day long and play Joe fan or Joe hater. You know, that's that's kind of the way it goes, right? You play either Joe fan, so you play it safe, or you play Joe hater, right? It has nothing to do with Joe Rose, by the way. I'm just saying in general. That's kind of the. That's the two roads that people want to go. They want to play a shtick instead of just being yourself. And that's it. And that's what I am. I'm just myself, dude. Um, let's see. Barry Jackson said something about it. Sent a tweet to Sean. Sean, it's not Cody Rhodes, right? What'd you say, Sean? No, it's not Cody Rhodes. And and Barry Jackson said the full expectation is that Toronto Armstead will return. Yeah, man, of course. It's not, I, th I, I said he would return when he said he was going to retire. There's no way he's retiring. You're not leaving that kind of money. Uh, on the, You're just dis disappointed that you let your team down because you had so many freaking injuries. You know what? I'll give you. This is what needs to happen with Teron Armstead. Here, you want some Dolphin stock? Okay, Teron, if you're listening, I love you out there. We all love you. We want you to play. You know what I want this time, Teron? Don't fucking complain anymore when you're not practicing. We don't want you to practice, dude. Get your conditioning and all that shit. Don't whine about playing in a fucking preseason game or practicing against another fucking team. Okay? That's what I want from Teron Armstead. I want you to chill out the entire offseason, training camp in the preseason. I don't need you to block anybody. And I don't give a shit if you think you need to block somebody. Get your timing when the regular season starts. You know why? You got no luck, dude. Not only are you injury prone, you have the worst luck in the world. You have people rolling up on your freaking legs. You have zero luck. So if I'm the, the coach this year, I'm putting your ass in bubble wrap for the entire offseason until the first snap of the regular season. How do you like them apples? So... There's my only complaint I could ever have about Teron Armstead. Don't complain about not practicing. Okay? You cannot practice against other people. Practice on your own. Get a little conditioning. Work on the machine. You're a stud, dude. You'll adjust quickly and all that. But one thing I am not doing with Teron Armstead this offseason and this training camp and this preseason is I'm not putting him at risk at all to get injured. 
like they caved in last year and finally gave them a, a shot, and boom. Wasn't it the practice against one of the teams that somebody rolled up on his freaking legs right away? Wasn't that the case, Sean? I want to say that it was. it wasn't even in a preseason game. It was a practice against another team, right? No, that was the scare because uh, Hunt threw somebody to the ground and he rolled over toward, and the coaches were like, stop the play, stop the play, stop the play, because they didn't want to roll up. But it was a right. close encounter. That oh, was during was, the practice. No, 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 no. There was an encounter with Eichenberg that it did roll into I him. That was during the preseason game. That, that was the preseason game. Okay, so the other one was just a scare, but it did run into him, right? They did run it into him. It rolled up toward him. It rolled up toward him, and then he didn't finish the practice. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. That's my that's my Teron Armstead complaint. That's my only complaint. I know he's injury prone, all that, but I also know he's phenomenal. I also know he's Mr. Swag. I know he's got a great attitude. I know he's a leader of leaders. I, I, I love everything about him. Okay. The only thing we don't like, obviously, and I'm sure he doesn't like it either. His body doesn't hold up. But the caveat this year is you. You know how in Seinfeld, no suit for you, no practice for you. So if I'm Mike McDaniel and Teron's coming up to me and, uh, hey, cut, no practice for you. When sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. you drive out to Fort Lauderdale and you get off on Commercial Boulevard on I-95 and you pull into the stadium for the 8 o'clock game, you will be pulling into the J.P. Morgan Chase Stadium. So it's Chase Stadium now. As Inter-Miami, their deal with AutoNation and Drive Pink Stadium ended. They signed it in 2021 for three years. The three years are up. Now they have signed a two-year contract with J.P. Morgan Chase. No terms uh, given. No word also if Chase will be, because there's two years left in this stadium, and then in 2025 they will open up the stadium, the new stadium in Miami Freedom Park. The question is, will they be the sponsors then? But they will be at least for the next two years. We'll see if the they are the sponsors for the 131-acre Miami Freedom Park. That is your KSDTCPA Sports Business Report. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDTCPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest-growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDTCPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. <clears throat> Uh, Chris Greer needs to stop getting free agents with injury history. Teron Armstead and Bradley Chubb. You know, shit happens, bro. There, there weren't a lot of tackles available. So it is what it is. And Bradley Chubb was having a great year right until the end. And Bradley Chubb's injury 
blame it on Mike for keeping him on the field. Really, because Tyreek Hill's not injury prone, right? But you've run him into the ground, so, you know, he picked up some injuries. Connor Williams is not injury prone. He just had the injury, but he's not really injury prone. So it's not – it's the, – the problem with that, that that's more – perception than real than reality robert hunt's not injury prone but he got injured it's bad luck what's happened the last couple of years it's not a matter of oh you're leaning on too many injury prone players yeah i get it teron armstead we all knew he had injury history it's kind of the way it goes and bradley chubb yeah he has some injury history there's no doubt about it but this last injury here i blame mike mcdaniel more than anything else Jalen Phillips, you know, he had the concussions and all that. Dude, the guy was coming off the line and just blew his knee out without any contact. Shit happens, man. I think we overreact too much on it because the last two years has been brutally, you know, not nice to us, put it that way. And so I get it, but I think there's a little bit too much of that going on. It's not, it's not that big a deal. Even even Tua, okay, his injury history, I solved it. I told you what his problem was. He held on to the ball too long. It wasn't that he's injury prone. It's that he's not built like Josh Allen or Ben Roethlisberger or Dan Marino. You're not built to take a bunch of hits. Marino never took hits, by the way. But you got to understand, you got to get rid of the ball. He gets rid of the ball. He doesn't have an injury this year at all. And he'll be like that for 15 years. Get rid of the ball. So I, I think sometimes we get caught up in this stuff and we really don't look at the big picture. And we, I just think the last two years, our bad luck has been so brutal. And that's kind of what's affected all of you out there or some of you, like my man, Dude67. All right, let's go with birthdays today. A couple decent names today. Uh, let's see, Alan Rickman, movie actor, born in 46, lost him in 2016. Elliot Page, movie actor, is 37. Sophie Turner, TV actress, 28. Um, let's see. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she is 45 years old. Talk about a woman who really developed in her later part of her life. Uh, John Lewis, politician, born in 1940. We lost him in 2020. Ashley Green, movie actress, 37. Nina Simone, jazz singer, born in 33. We lost her in 2003. Jordan Peele, comedian, is 45. Uh, just mentioning his name brings a smile to my face because I'm already thinking of shit that he's done. Uh, let's see. Some pop singer named Wendy. They can't be here, right? Anyway, Kelsey Grammer is 69. Charlotte Church, opera singer. I don't know who the hell she is, but whatever, 38. And Rue McClanahan, Golden Girls. 1934, we lost her in 2010. Those are birthdays today. Let's go with music history. Today in music history in 1964, the New York band The Echoes took on a new, young, unknown piano player by the name of 
Billy Joel. In 95, for the first time in seven years, Bruce Springsteen performed live with the E Street Band. It took place in New York City nightclub, and it was for a video, Jonathan Dem's film, Murder Incorporated. In 2006, Kid Rock filed a lawsuit to prevent the distribution of a videotape featuring him and Creed's Scott Stapp being serviced by four women. In 2008, a computer expert was jailed for two years for electronically stalking Linkin Park singer Chester Bennington. The overzealous fan worked at the U.S. National Security Laboratory in New Mexico, where she used a computer to track the rocker, obtain his family photos, and access his email and voicemail. Some whacked out people in this world, dude. Holy crap. That, my friends is your music history today. All right? There we are. <laughs> uh, we always like finding an MVP of the night, and last night the Florida Panthers were shining as they defeated the Senators 3-2. to two. So why not find our Cutter's Edge MVP of the night? Who's last night's MVP? For your complete landscape solutions anywhere in South Florida, there's only one MVP. CuttersEdgePro.com Here's our CuttersEdgePro.com MVP of the night. Allowed a couple goals last night, but it wasn't an easy one. You knew it was going to get ugly against the Senators. But Bob last night came up with 28 saves. And let me tell you something. There's not a lot of these nights where your Panther goalies are in the 40s and 50s and saves and getting peppered left and right, not even the high 30s. So the defense in front has done a really good job, but Bob has been absolutely fantastic. Okay. And, you know, having a backup goaltender like Stellars also is in a hell of a luxury because it gives Bob an opportunity to stay fresh leading into the playoffs. And these, this Panther team looks as complete as I've ever seen. This is probably the, no, not, this for sure is the most complete Panthers team we've ever seen. And Bob is one of the reasons why they are number one in the Eastern Conference with 78 points. The, uh, the Rangers and the Bruins are behind them in second and third behind one point at 77. Vancouver, by the way, is number one overall in the Western Conference and overall in the NHL with 80 points. All right. So your Panthers are right there in the battle for the number one overall seed in, in hockey. They've got the number one seed in the East right now. Obviously, plenty of hockey to play and we'll see, but they are complete. And one of the reasons why is Sergei Bobrovsky. He is our Cutter's Edge MVP of the night. 